What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Hello, live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of Kinston, North Carolina. Today is Monday, February the 13th. It's Valentine's Day Eve, y'all. That's right. If you don't have your Valentine's something, you need, you've got a whole day now, okay? I'm giving you the heads up here at 7 o'clock in the morning on February the 13th, or if you're listening to our replay at 3 o'clock. Listen, you've still got plenty of time. Go get your girls something, or your guys something, or your significant other something. Got to keep every possibility open there for that but today is monday february the 13th in the year of the lord 2023 ladies and gentlemen this is episode 800 of the brian hank show presented by lenore community college 800 of these here shows that have been broadcast over the airwaves here on 960 the bull 960 the bull.com 252 espn 107.5 in greenville and newburn and we're grateful and thankful for all of you uh, who have helped support this show. 800 shows. It just it blows my mind. I mean, I not I don't know what kind of expectations I have. We started this on February the uh, 2nd in 2019, before the pandemic, a couple of months before the pandemic started. And doggone, 800 shows later, we're still standing. There were people who didn't think we could do it. Who talk crap about us behind our back? We know who you know who you are. No, I'm joking. Uh, everybody's been really, really supportive, and uh, we do, man. I'm telling you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who supported us for 800 shows. But this is episode 800 of the Brian Hank Show, presented by Lenore Community College. Uh, my buddies, my co-hosts, my uh, my partners in crime, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. They'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. Can't wait for that. But, uh, man, we've got another great show for you today. Uh, joining us here in our first hour is a knower of all things NASCAR, Carolina Hurricanes, NHL, PBR, and let me tell you something, Super Bowl party organizing is the awesome uh, Paul Weddington. He's going to be joining us uh, in less than 20 minutes. In fact, probably it depends on how quick we get through all our monologue and hometown heroes and everything because i really want to get him on we have got so much to talk to let me tell you this we've got so much to talk to paul about i know we're not going to get it all in and you know 40 minutes or whatever here in this uh, first hour of today's show so much so we're going to have him back on friday too and i'll tell you why because we're going to talk about last night's super bowl win uh, for the kansas city chiefs 38 to 35 over uh, the philadelphia eagles man what a great game uh like i said i went to his party for a little bit gotta brag on him uh man just nobody organizes a party better and you, as you guys know you've probably seen my man cave before uh in photos or on facebook twitter or something 
Let, let me tell you something. I've got the second best man cave in the world, okay? It's not – I don't have anything on Paul Whittington. He's got a whole almost – I don't even know how square, how many square feet it is, but uh, uh, his man cave up in Garner in his home, he and uh, Samantha's home, is amazing. I, the TVs are all right. I think my TV setup's better than his. I told him that, too, yesterday. Uh, his TVs are amazing, but, I, yeah, I still think I, I got my, – my setup's a little bit better than his is with the TVs. But man, he has basically got a uh, a museum. He's got a sports museum in his man cave. I mean, he's got you know, I'll let him tell you a little bit about it, but uh, he's got just a whole a whole wing of it is Carolina Hurricanes. Then another whole wing is Washington Nationals and Baltimore Ravens and PBR and NASCAR and just it's amazing. I mean, and again, it's got to be. I mean, it, that room itself is about half the size of my house. Okay, I mean it's amazing what he's got up there, but uh, but again, uh, he'll be our first guest here in about fifteen minutes or so. Uh, but we're going to talk, about, like I said, about last night's Super Bowl. We're going to do a mini preview of this weekend's Daytona Five Hundred. We're going to get ready for the Stadium Series NHL game between our Carolina Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals. We will be there. Hot Linda, me, Paul, uh, Scott. Uh, his wife, not Scott's wife, but Paul's wife, Sam, she'll be there. We're just going to have a good time. And uh, again, can't wait to talk to him about that today. And then on Friday, uh, I know they've got some fan fest stuff that's going on up there. We're going to be up there for some of that. And uh, again, can't wait to have Paul on here in just a few minutes to talk about all that stuff. We've got so much to talk to him about. Uh, with all the good things that happened this weekend though, and man, there definitely was a lot. I mean, had a had a blast. Uh, this was this was a very very good weekend uh, for uh, Hot Linda and I. Uh, but man, some very very sad news uh, happened also uh, with the sudden death of Jeff Charles uh, Friday night, the voice of ECU football and basketball. Uh, to that end, we're going to have uh, our friend Scott Scooter Rogers on. He's the radio play by play voice of ECU baseball. As you know, Jeff Charles was the voice. I mean, he was the voice of Pirate Nation, and uh, just uh, an amazing an amazing person. Uh, but he passed away, like I said, suddenly Friday, uh, but we're going to have Scott on, we're going to have Scooter on, uh, he's going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to remember Jeff. We're going to spend a, a few minutes, definitely a few minutes talking about that. That happened after we got off the air, uh, Friday. In fact, it happened Friday night. So we've not really here on the show had a chance to honor Jeff Charles. And I am a little bit aggravated at myself. Uh, would see him around ECU, you know, I'm doing a lot of PA work for, ecu and then uh, our good friend danny rice always hooks us up with uh you know whenever if we want to go to an ecu men's basketball game so we see uh jeff everywhere and you know and i'm not saying trying to act like we were any kind of you know boys or anything like that but we would always say hello to each other he knew who i was obviously i knew who the voice of pirate nation is and uh a couple of times i said to him you know what gotta have you on the show and he'd be like hey just call me Sent, gave me his number and told me to call him and i just i never got around to it and just pisses me off i mean i'm mad at myself and i'm just heartbroken uh, he is just such a great guy i mean jeff charles was uh let me tell you i've dealt with other you know play-by-play people although i don't know the play-by-play people are actually pretty cool for the most part but uh, man there was nobody like jeff charles i mean for 35 years here in eastern north carolina and i've been here for 20 years but for 35 years, he has been the voice of ECU football, ECU men's basketball. And uh, I know just uh, a heartbroken Pirate Nation. I feel so bad for Scott because I know uh, Scott Whittington just uh, just loved 
just loved him. He uh, got a picture with him relatively recently, and uh, Scott's just a microcosm of Pirate Nation. Of the you know, Scott's twenty three, twenty four years old, and someone he only remembers. He doesn't know anybody else other than. Jeff Charles doing uh, football and basketball, and I can't even fathom who's going to try to come in and, and fill his spot. It's going to be like, almost like how, uh, see, I can't even remember the guy's name for Carolina. Help me out here, uh, Keith Spence. I know you're listening right now, but uh, the the guy who came in and filled, or, you know, filled, tried to fill the spot of Woody Durham, who, and you guys know, I, I'm not a Carolina fan at all, but man, I love, love, love Woody Durham. I loved his voice, just loved everything about him other than, you know, him being Carolina. But um, it's going to be the same job for whoever, uh, you know, or the same position for whoever for whoever comes in and tries to fill the spot of Jeff Charles. And, again, uh, man, just heartbroken, heartbroken for uh, for Pirate Nation because he's just he's, it's such a huge part of Think about it, all the players come and go. The coaches come and go, but Jeff Charles has been a part of ECU athletics for 35 years, and he's going to be missed. He's definitely going to be missed. But like I said, we're going to have Scooter Rogers on in our second hour. We're going to remember Jeff. We're going to preview the Pirates baseball season. It begins this Friday at home versus George Washington. Uh, They play uh, their games Friday is at 4, Saturday is at 2, and Sunday is at 1. You'll be able to hear Scooter call all those games. We're also going to look at the basketball seasons for ECU men and women, and I'm telling you, the ECU women, I actually, uh, I did the PA for uh, the Pirates women yesterday. They're good. <laughs> I mean, they are good. They're 17 and 8. you got to think. I mean, maybe not NCAA tournament for the ECU women, but uh, the women's NIT, they've got to be a candidate for that. <clears throat> I think they could even get a, a home game or two for that. I think that would be exciting. But we're going to talk to Scooter about ECU men and women's basketball. The Little League Softball World Series this spring. And uh, just so much more. I really enjoy having him on. I believe this is going to be his eighth appearance with us here on the show. So uh, look forward to uh, talking to him about that. So uh, rest in peace, Jeff Charles. And like I said, uh, be sure you stay tuned for a second hour or two so you can hear uh, Scooter talk about him. So uh, i tell you what, we're going to hold the Super Bowl 57 talk until we get Paul up here on the line with us. But let me tell you about our uh, – we'll, we'll jump into our hometown heroes. We'll start in the NBA. Uh, Brandon Ingram and the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, they only had one game this weekend. Uh, they play, It wasn't even this weekend. It was Friday at home versus Cleveland, but they lost 118-107. to 107. But Brandon Brandon's back. That's all I got to say. Uh, he started. He led the Pelicans with 25 points, three rebounds, eight assists, and uh, a steal in 33 minutes. Now uh, the Pelicans, they are at Oklahoma City tonight at 8, and then they're at the Lakers Wednesday at 10. That game will be on ESPN. And then uh, New Orleans will be off until, for the All-Star Weekend, which is coming up this weekend. They return to the court Thursday, February the 23rd at Toronto. Uh, Reggie Bullock and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, man, the new-look Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving. They look tremendous, too, man. Now, they split over the weekend, though. Uh, well, I should have told you, uh, New Orleans is now in seventh place in the Western Conference. Uh, Dallas is uh, still in fourth place, even though they split in Sacramento over the weekend. They won Friday. 122 to 114, but they lost Saturday 133 to 128 in overtime. Ah, we don't care about all that. How did Reggie do? Reggie started on Friday and had 13 points, five rebounds, and two assists in 37 minutes. 
However, he came off the bench in Saturday's loss and had eight points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, and 40 minutes, which shows you he should have started. If he'd have started, they would have won both games. I'm confident of that. Listen, the Mavericks are playing tonight, too. They are home versus Minnesota. That game is at 830, and then they're at Denver Wednesday at 9, and just like New Orleans, they're off uh, after that for uh, eight days uh, for the All-Star weekend. They'll return to the court Thursday, February the 23rd. They'll be at home versus San Antonio. So, uh, again, uh, New Orleans and Dallas both playing tonight and Wednesday night, then off for eight days for the All-Star weekend. How about LCC? Uh, i tell you what, we'll hit baseball first. Uh, they reconfigured their schedule Friday. In fact, oh, nothing hurt my heart more than I'm driving along, and I very rarely get a chance to listen to the show in the 3 to 5 o'clock window uh, when we replay it here on 960 The Bull and on uh, 252 ESPN. However, got to listen to a little bit of the show. I was out and about uh, Friday afternoon, and uh, nothing hurt my heart more than hearing my own voice uh, at 3 o'clock on uh, Friday saying, hey, the uh, LCC Lancers will be home on Saturday and then at uh, Richard Bland on uh, on uh, Sunday. And they, But they, re, they reconfigured their schedule because of all the rain we had this weekend. Uh, about Friday about noon is when we got the message. I, <coughs> I almost wanted to jump in on the radio and say, hey, 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 don't listen to this because it's been reconfigured uh, after we've gotten off the air on Friday. But uh, they went to Richard Bland in Virginia on uh, Saturday, and they split the doubleheader. Uh, they lost the first game 10-2, to but they won the second game 8-7 to in eight innings. Uh, they're now three and one overall and another just you know how college baseball is. It's going to be another crazy weekend or I mean another crazy week this week because they play at Lewisburg Tuesday at three. They're home at Lancer Field on Wednesday at 1.30 against the North Carolina Westland JV team. And then uh, another weekend series. Uh, they'll play at Fayetteville Tech Saturday for a doubleheader and then they're back home on Sunday against Fayetteville Tech at 1 o'clock on Sunday. So how about that? Five games in, uh, in five days for uh, the LCC Lancers. And, again, uh, your chance to get to see them uh, a few times this week. Uh, you can see them Wednesday at home against North Carolina Wesleyan, and you can see them Sunday at 1 at home against Fayetteville Tech and then between all those other games too. So uh, good luck to the Lancers this week. Uh, the Lancers basketball team has been off. It feels like it's been two weeks at least, uh, but they will finally be home. Uh, well, I tell you what, let me tell you, they play Thursday at Patrick and Henry up in Virginia. That'll be Thursday, and then they're home this weekend for two games. Uh, how about their home versus Johnston Community College a Saturday at 3 and then at home Sunday at 1 o'clock against Southwest Virginia. How awesome is that at LCC on Sunday? There's the, uh, Lancers are going to be in the basketball court. They're going to be on the baseball field on Sunday. So you got no excuse not to see your Lancers play one of those two games. They ought to sell. I tell you what, this, this is, a, oh man, this is a great idea. Instead of selling individual tickets for the baseball game and the basketball game, what they ought to do is sell uh, one ticket that covers both games. Ah, ah, coach, what do you think? Coach Brinson, is that a good idea? That'd be something cool to do. So, <coughs> so there you go. Uh, that's your LCC sports update. And listen, we want to thank Lenore community college because for almost 65 years, LCC is how men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal 
cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you so much again to Lenore Community College, uh, Richie Hunnicka, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at LCC who bring you the Brian Hanks Show for 800 days or eight, not eight, well, I guess 800 days, 800 shows. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to them. Let's uh, hit our uh, the rest of our hometown heroes here. And goodness gracious, man, time is flying. How about Dontrez Styles in Carolina? They snapped their three-game losing streak Saturday at home against unranked Clemson, ninety-one to seventy-one. Trez played the longest uh, that he's played in a minute uh, or in a long time as he played six minutes. He uh, had an offensive rebound. He missed all three shots he took, but he played a lot of great defense against uh, a very good Clemson team. As uh, like I said, they beat them ninety-one seventy-one. Uh, a busy, another busy week for the Tar Heels. You know, you'll hear from Don Trez tomorrow on our second hour on uh, Tuesdays with Trez. Very excited about that, especially with the great game that he played yesterday. But they are home versus number nineteen Miami Wednesday at seven, and then they're at number twenty-two NC State Sunday at one. Both those games will be on ESPN. That's right. I can't wait, Mister Clemens. That's going to be a heck of a game. You know, we're going to be in Raleigh anyway. Wow, the Daytona 500. Ah, Daytona 500 versus uh, Carolina versus NC State. And I've already told Paul I'm going to watch it up there with him because uh, we're going to spend the whole weekend with him. But uh, listen, good luck to NC State. But, I, you know, it's one of those cases I've, I've said it plenty of times before. I hope Trez goes for like 35 and 17. But that they lose to NC State. So, anyway. Man, saw some great pictures, too. Uh, Lauren Tindall, Coach uh, Perry Tindall, their family had dinner with uh, Trez uh, Saturday night. It, it's, it, he just looked happy. And, uh, you know, anybody knows Trez, loves Trez, and just wants him to be happy. Looked like it was a good day for them. And just great pictures from uh Lauren and uh, Perry Tandle from uh, them having dinner with them. Hey, uh, how about Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon on Saturday? Uh, they traveled to Fayetteville State to Junius Smith, the third university, Fayetteville State University Saturday. However, the Rams, uh, they lost 63-51, to and they had their second straight loss. Uh, IP started. Uh, he had 10 points, one rebound, and five assists in 32 minutes. Uh, Jeremy played uh, the longest that he's played so far for Winston-Salem State. As he had, he was in for 12 minutes. He played a lot in the first half. He ended up with two points and three rebounds in 12 minutes. A, a good day for him, too. Uh, the Rams, uh, they are at Johnson C. Smith in Charlotte Wednesday at 730 and then uh, they'll play their final home game of the season. I'm doing home in air quotes because they're going to play a Wake Forest home court Saturday of four against Livingston College. Uh, that should be a pretty big game, too. Uh, those are the final regular season games before the CIAA tournament in Baltimore that begins next week. I think we're going to try to get Isaac here on the show for a short little appearance uh, while he's in Baltimore next week. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Damian Dunn and Temple, they lost their third straight game Sunday at Memphis. Uh, 86 to 77 Damien finally started. I don't know why Temple's not been starting him. They're now 14 and 12 overall eight and five in the, uh, in their conference in the American athletic conference. Uh, he started, he had nine points, eight assists and a steal in 39 minutes. The owls were back home versus Wichita state Thursday at seven. 
And then home versus Tulsa Sunday, and that game will be on ESPNU at 2 o'clock. Rujan Walters and Greensboro College, they lost at home. Man, I didn't realize as I was putting this together. Everybody won or everybody lost except for Trez. <laughs> but Rujan had uh, two points and an assist and two steals and six minutes off the bench and an 87-66 to 66 loss at home versus North Carolina Wesleyan. Uh, Amaji Dodd and Charleston Southern, uh, they lost their fourth game in a row and eighth of their last nine uh, against Radford Saturday, 90-71. to 71. Amaji played one minute and didn't scratch on the stat line. They're at Campbell Wednesday at 7, and then home versus Winthrop Saturday at 5.30. Uh, Dory Hines and UMO, they uh, they won at home versus Lees McRae Saturday, 101-80. to 80. Congratulations to Coach Hines and UMO. They're now 9-16 and 16 overall, 7-10 and 10 in Conference Carolinas. Uh, they've got another busy week. Uh, they are home versus Emmanuel College Thursday at 7, and then at Erskine College Saturday at 4. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, uh, who are now back to uh, 12 and 12. They're back to 500 or 12 and 12, 5 and 6 in the SEC. They won at Florida Saturday, 88 to 80. That was a Commodore's third straight win. Congratulations to them. They are at South Carolina tomorrow night at 6.30. They're home versus Auburn Saturday. Both those games will be on the SEC Network. So there you go. There's our hometown heroes update. And I got hey, our NC State uh, uh, correspondent, uh, Greg Clemens. Thank you for listening this morning, Mr. Clemens. He uh, gives us our NC State update. Uh, uh, Turquavian Smith now with 1,000 points. And uh, what, just not even two seasons yet for uh, NC State. So congratulations to that former former Farmville Central product. Very excited to uh, just what all the great things that NC State is doing. And, uh, again, can't wait. I don't know. I want to watch a Daytona 500, but I may have to try to sneak over to NC State and watch a little bit of that State Carolina game. Or you know what? I'll guarantee you this. Uh, Paul Whittington will have uh, that game up on one of his three TVs too. So excited about that. I'll tell you what. Let's uh, thank uh, – Spence Automotive, he is the sponsor of our Spence Automotive guest line, which is what we're using right now to get Paul Whittington up on the line with us. Spence Automotive is where I get my car services, where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building. Next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lot, Spence Automotive is owned by local sports writing legend Keith Spence and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011. The next time you need your car service, when you need new tires, to tell him the Brian Hank Show sent you. And I can tell you this, I'll be taking mine by either today or tomorrow because, doggone it, Paul, my sensors aren't working on the front of my car. I, I went too far up on a curb about a week ago and knocked something loose underneath there. So, man, Keith's going to have to fix it again, dude. You're really going to open this show by telling me that your Ford needs working. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm glad we brought uh, uh, there was, there was this article that, uh, that I, that I read last week and, and I meant to send it to you, but it talked about all the car manufacturers and the amount of time that they have to, that their cars like for a hundred vehicles or whatever have to get, have to get worked on. Uh, Chevrolet, Toyota, up near the top of the list with the least amount of times they had to be worked on. You get through Mitsubishi, Pontiac, Lexus, BMW, all those other car makers to all the way to the bottom of the list. Next to last was, you guessed it, Ford. 
Dude, I'm going to need to see a great way to start a Monday. I'm glad you brought this up. (laughs) I'm going to need to see a receipt for that, or uh, you know, or uh, I'm going to find it. Yeah, find it and send me that link because uh, I'm not saying I don't believe you, but I don't know, man. I don't believe you. That's fair. That's fair. I don't think I didn't. I didn't come into this expecting you. <laughs> you did, but anyway, back to Spence Automotive. Where do you get your car worked on? Where do you get your car inspected? And you live all the way up in Garner. Yeah, uh, we go to Spence Automotive. Speaking of which, uh, I don't because I just bought this car, this truck, and and I don't, and we transferred the tags. My tags say they expire in April, but I don't think that's true anymore. So. I'm expecting any day now to get some sort of statement in the mail telling me, well, time to time to renew these old tags. So if that comes, we'll be we'll be paying Keith Spence a visit here very soon. I love it. I love it. And yeah, well, well mine came the other day. Mine expires in April also, and I got mine uh, the other day. Oh, dude, I can't even imagine what you have to pay in taxes for that brand new, beautiful Toyota Tundra truck that you have. I mean, my car's seven years old and uh <laughs> dude just the taxes on it just it just we're taxed to death man let, let the libertarian in me come out i don't think there should be uh anyway <laughs> let's, let's, let's we won't get into all that dude i don't even know where to start with you i guess we should start with the super bowl first and i declared yeah. you i don't know if you were listening but i declared you the king of all super bowl partiers okay or party hosts <laughs> And you are, dude. We had a blast. And I even, I've said it here on the air a couple of times, but I unequivocally said it in our monologue this morning that uh, I have the second best man cave in all the land. I mean, I really do, man. I, I love mine. I love how mine's set up. Mine's set up for, uh, for uh, I don't know, for speed instead of, uh, no, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say there. But, you know, I love how they got my speakers all set up in the in the ceiling and in the floor and how, you know, I mean, there's a reason why every chair is in my man cave the way, the way it is because of the way, uh, <laughs> you know, my thing is set up. And I still say, I think my TV setup is better than yours, but dude, I don't even compare. You're you have you don't even have a man cave, dude. You've got a man cave museum, dude. I mean, you've got the <laughs> kind that I've really thought, and I mean this sincerely, dude. You should like uh, try to uh, enter yours in some kind of man cave contest, and I cannot see how someone could beat yours. But, dude, for folks who may just be joining us, oh, by the way, dude, uh, welcome to our 800th show. This is our, uh, it's episode 800 of the Brian Hank show. But, dude, describe your man cave to folks who've not seen pictures of it and, uh, you know, that haven't heard us talk about it. No, it's got three TVs up on the wall. Uh, immediately to the right of the TV is a little bit of, of Carolina Hurricane stuff. And then, and then we hit a corner. And that corner transitions us to the uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, and we work down the wall there, and boom, window, and the window transitions us to uh, a small tribute to the PBR and and the Carolina Cowboys, but that small tribute ends immediately with an array of Washington National stuff. Boom, hit a corner, and a little <laughs> bit more, <laughs> a little bit more uh, Washington National stuff. Then we get in the NASCAR. We get we hit a window. We get into a little bit more NASCAR, and then boom, we hit a corner, and it's all Carolina Hurricanes the rest of the way. Dude, it is freaking amazing. Like in my man cave, I've probably got all together, all together, maybe 
20 pieces of memorabilia when you consider, you know, my Samson jersey and the national championship or the Virginia national championship uh, banner and maybe 20 pieces of memorabilia in uh, all together in my man cave. If you tried to estimate, I bet you've not tried to do this before, but if you tried to estimate how many, when you, with all your framed uh, photo, with all your framed uh, posters from uh, the Carolina Hurricanes with all, I mean, dude, all your bobble, well, not the bobbleheads, but all your pucks, everything. How many pieces of memorabilia do you think you have in your man cave, dude? And I, I would set the over-under at 105. Would that be, that'd be low, though, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be very low. There's, um, when I counted the other day, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six or seven cases full of baseballs, and that's 12 God. each. God. So that's ninety six um, right there, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's it's somewhere I can't remember how, how exactly how many cases. I'm gonna walk in there. We're gonna do the math. Um, <laughs> I love it, it. I love it. There's uh, let's see on the floor. There's four, five, so it's six. Six times twelve. Seventy two. So seventy two baseballs. 72. Uh, there's two other baseballs that aren't in the big cases. So now we're up to what seventy four. Um. That's that's all the baseballs in here right now. Nope, there's some on the on the wall right there. So there's, <laughs> so there's uh, we'll just call it 75 baseballs in the room, and that's um, just a, baseballs. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's just baseballs. There's 36 pucks right there on that wall. 12 more pucks that aren't on the wall uh, that aren't part of that display. So there's. That's 123. I got you up to 123. Yeah. Keep going. There's there's another close to 50 pucks that aren't even displayed. They, they're just they're they're just in a closet right now because I don't have the I don't have the space for them. Um, oh no, there's another 10 up on the on on one of the shelves. Uh, there's two fo- three three footballs, uh, a couple of mini helmets. We've got. Uh, a full-size Ravens helmet, a full-size replica Hurricane goalie mask, a full-size replica um, Chase Elliott uh, racing helmet, and then a game-used Washington National helmet. Um, Which, by the way, is bad as crap, dude. That's a, <laughs> of everything you've got, you've got a lot of cool toys and a lot of cool things in that off or in your man cave, dude. That National's helmet. I mean, you should tell people game-used. Yeah, yeah, game, game used. Uh, Riley Adams, uh, the catcher. Um, no, he's not the catcher. First baseman. Um, Riley Adams, uh, newer, newer player on the team, wore that wore that helmet last year on September 26th in a eight to nothing loss to the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have uh, there's 17 of the of the bigger scale. NASCAR diecast in here, and there's there's a ton that are are still sitting in the in closet space that that will probably continue to sit there for the foreseeable future. <laughs> you don't have anywhere to put them, uh, dude. And then all and then the tell them about the posters. Hurricanes posters, dude. Oh yeah, there's all the homegrown posters, um, other po- some some player posters, um, the the schedule posters, um. And then just a couple of other random Hurricanes posters. And then the Ravens, we have uh, se- several posters. And then actually don't really have any. Well, we got two national posters displayed, but um, there's there's a couple more in the closet that we just didn't have room for. 
So just my bad math, I've got you around 350 to 400 pieces of memorabilia in that office and not even counting, like you said, the stuff that you haven't hung up yet. Yeah. Yeah. 400 might be a little high, but, but definitely, definitely close to about 300. Dude. Just in that room alone. <laughs> that is insane. And it's awesome. I mean, it, it looks so good. You know what? Maybe this Sunday, since I'll, you know, Linda and I are going to be there all weekend uh, for the mm-hmm. stadium series and for Daytona and everything. Hey, you are going to have the Carolina NC State game up on one of your TVs during Daytona, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, of course. good, That's good, good, we good. That's have good. three TVs. Well, then that makes me feel good because I was thinking about trying to go to the game on Sunday. But, dude, if you've got it up on one of yours with Daytona, I can understand on the big TV, <laughs> then uh, we're going to have a good time on Sunday. But uh, I tell you, let's let's talk. we got to get some Super Bowl talk in. And uh, yeah. uh, tell me a little bit about uh, – uh, what, what you thought about it last night, just the ending of it. Tell you what, my first question I think for you, Paul, is going to be, you watched the entire game, right? I did. Uh, the, 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 there had not been a lot of penalties. Thank you, Linda. There had not been a lot of penalties during the game. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they, uh, hold on, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties here, dude, trying to get uh, everything back here. I, I tell you what, dude, tell us about what what you thought about that uh, penalty call there at the very end of the game that just made the ending just uh, n- non-dramatic at all. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought the ending was, was plenty dramatic. Uh, they had the holding penalty there at the at the end. The game was tied at that point. I, I don't think that penalty mattered in the grand scheme of things. I think the Chiefs were, were going to, to do what they do and, and, and win the game regardless. Um, uh, that being said, I, I think, I think there's an argument that can be made both ways. I think you can certainly call holding there. Um, I, I think you can also keep the flag in your pocket. I don't, I don't think a referee threw his flag because of that spot in the game. I think the referee just, uh, one, one of the referees or one of the officials saw, saw holding and he, and he threw the flag and, uh, the spot of the game didn't matter, but, Nevertheless, I, I, I think the Chiefs come away with the win regardless um, because of, it was tied. They had the ball there at the end of the game. They they had the they had the ability to to run run down the field and score. Maybe maybe it's a, a last second field goal from their kicker Harrison Butker. But you know they they were lights out in the second half. Far the by far the better team in the second half. Well, I got to tell you, uh, it was to me definitely, and I know this is cliche, Paul, but it was a tale of two halves. I mean, Philadelphia just really dominated the first half. Uh, what it, at one point they had played, they had sixty plays to thirty plays or something crazy like that over the Chiefs. But then this is where you see who are the better coaches in the league. And I really mean this, Paul, when you have a long halftime like they have with Rihanna coming out, which, by the way, we left your house, we left your Super Bowl party before uh, halftime. So we got to get the uh, scouting report on Rihanna here in a little bit. But I want to stay with the football part of it here for a moment, though. But just you got to see what a great coach that uh, the Kansas City coach is because he does whatever adjustments he made, they dominated the second half, Paul. They did. They did. Just absolutely destroyed Philadelphia in the second half. Uh, near near about perfect second half for Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. Give us the Rihanna uh, 
uh, I guess not scouting reports. It's already happened, but report, I guess the Rihanna report. We didn't see one minute of it. How was the, I I don't even know what happened during the halftime show. I I thought it was a great halftime show. I was, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I'm also surprised at how many Rihanna songs I actually knew. Um, (laughs) I didn't realize I knew, knew any. And then I, I think I knew just about every song that she sang. Um, the, they had floating stages that, that were super cool. Uh, Rihanna spent most of her time on a floating stage. Um, and then you had just uh, an array of dancers, so many dancers. But but I thought it was a really good halftime show. Uh, a great first performance for, for Apple Music as the uh, new title sponsor. Well, uh, did anybody else perform with her or was it just Rihanna pretty no. much the whole time? Just her and about 200 dancers. <laughs> good Lord. Okay. Uh, anyway, so, uh, there you go. That's our Super Bowl report. Uh, I, dude, I can't remember the last time I was uh, so lowly vested in a Super Bowl, but this was one, I mean, and nothing <laughs> against Kansas city, dude. I mean, I love Patrick Mahomes. He's a great quarterback. I think he's putting himself in that conversation of, you know, top 10 quarterbacks of all time. Maybe he's in the top 15 range right now was uh, he's only been in the league for what five years is that he just finished his fifth season but i think he's putting himself in that conversation for years to come don't you oh yeah absolutely absolutely and this is by no means going to be his last super bowl oh yeah absolutely so anyway paul whittington joining us this morning here on the brian hank show uh let's uh i tell you what let me thank uh the kinston police department uh one of our our newest sponsor here on the brian hank show and on 960 the bull 960sbull.com if you are uh, if you've been thinking about becoming a police officer, this is the time to do it. Uh, get in touch with Sergeant Moody at the Kenson Police Department at 252-939-3208. He can tell you what you need to do there. Uh, but, man, uh, first-year police officers in Kenston make $40,000 a year. And, uh, again, if, if law enforcement is a career you've been thinking about, then uh, get in touch with Sergeant Moody at the Kinston Police Department at 252-939-3208. We also want to thank uh, our good friends over to Rendell Parent Academy, the largest independent non-sectarian college prep school in the region. APA students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. And uh, thank you again, David Moody, all the folks over at Randall Parent Academy for being one of our day one sponsors of the Brian Hanks Show. They've been a sponsor for all 800 shows that we've done. Uh, Paul Whittington. Really cool. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. We do appreciate them for sure. Let's get back to our big interview here with uh, Paul Whittington. And I guess because we're going to have you back on on Friday and we're going to do an extensive preview at that point of uh, the Daytona 500 but let's let's hit a couple of uh, no I wouldn't call it peripheral but uh, uh let's talk a little bit about the uh uh NASCAR kicking off their season. Yes, they uh were in LA last weekend, but uh I mean it is official this Sunday when they're in Daytona and I know one of the things you want to talk about is just you know, of course, we've got the big three manufacturers, Ford, of course, you know, the defending champions, Ford, <laughs> uh, Toyota, and then, God, I cannot remember. What is that other manufacturer that's in NASCAR, dude? Look up there and tighten that bow tie. Make it look <laughs> make it look nice, pretty, and straight because it's Chevrolet. There you go. But one of the things I, I love that you've prepared, I love this. Which driver, in your opinion, gives each manufacturer the best chance at winning the Daytona 500 this Sunday? 
Yeah, well, let's uh, we'll, we'll start with Toyota. We'll go in reverse order here in the alphabet. We'll 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 start with Toyota, and and I think you got to look no further than Denny Hamlin, who has three uh, Daytona 500 championships to his credit. Um, I think this is going to be a big year for for Denny Hamlin and that team. Um, I, I I say Denny Hamlin wins uh, gives Toyota the best chance at at winning the Daytona 500. Did uh did you have a different Toyota driver? I don't. I really don't. I think uh, a Truex, I think, is going to have a, a heck of a season. It, it, has he already yeah. declared this is his last year, right? Uh, no, nothing is official. I, I don't believe there's been any official announcement, but it is the last year of his contract that yeah. Joe gives, and, and they're going through so many changes at that organization. Uh, so it's it's kind of to be determined. Well, I see, and I hate to, you know, echo what you say when you talk, you know, you were just talking about Denny Hamlin and I agree a hundred percent. I think Denny's going to have a great season and especially, well, we're not just great season, but a great run at, uh, at Daytona. And we're going to wait and save our, uh, three pack predictions for Friday show. Okay. Yeah. Which okay. Will, you know, which will okay. give us, you know, four more days to, uh, to prepare for that because <clears throat> I'm not prepared for that part of it yet. Okay, Paul, I, I actually <laughs> will do a little bit of research and, uh, you know, get my list together. But if I had to pick anybody other than, uh, than, uh, Denny Hamlin, I would definitely go with Truex. So who you got next? Uh, next up in the Ford category, uh, I said his name a lot last year and, and I don't think this year is going to be any different. Ryan Blaney. Uh, he led 36 laps in last year's Daytona 500, finished fourth. Um, didn't didn't fare too well in the 2021 edition of the Daytona 500 because if you remember, Brian, we started that race at really a time that we shouldn't have started that race. The and we we knew rains were rains were coming, and they were on the way. And uh, a bunch of drivers decided uh, at lap 14 that they were going to race for the checkered flag right then and there. A big crash breaks out, and Ryan Blaney gets involved in it. So didn't fare too well in the 2021 Daytona 500, but he finished second in the 2020 Daytona 500, um, pushing Denny Hamlin. No, yeah, Denny Hamlin to, uh, to the victory there. So he, he runs up front at Daytona, uh, and, and I think he gives Ford the best chance at winning another Daytona 500. But, you know, Ford has won the last two Daytona 500s without the help of Ryan Blake. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I thought I was, <laughs> I thought I was muted there while I was chuckling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. So there you go. Uh, Ryan Blaney in the Ford camp, uh, man, Chevy always runs good at Daytona. I mean, you can't really say anything mm-hmm. about that. Uh, I mean, I, I can't, I can't denigrate Chevy because they always do such a good job down there. Although, like you said, I do yes, love the fact but, that, go ahead. But, at Daytona, you you have to rely on kind of the, that manufacturing manufacturer alliance. Um, all all the, all the Toyotas have to stick together. All the Fords have to stick together. All the all the Chevrolets have to stick together. Uh, the Ford or the Toyotas typically do their own thing. The Chevrolets are fractured in that you'll have a couple of teams sticking together, um, and then you'll have other teams sticking together, and it's kind of every man for himself. Ford however, does it better than anybody else. They run together at these super speedways better than any other team, better, better than any other, any other manufacturer. These Fords go out there and they stick together. And Penske leads that charge. Team Penske is, is well, up, well up ahead of the other Ford teams. But the other Ford teams do fall in suit. And they remember 
the cars that have the blue ovals, and that is, those are the ones that they'll push rather than maybe pushing a, a Chevrolet or a, to- or a Toyota. Ford does the manufacturer alliance better than anybody else in NASCAR. Well, you know, it's a better brand of vehicle, and it's a better brand of person who drives a Ford. I mean, you know, think about all the people. So we're going to move on drive. to we're going we're gonna to move on to my Chevrolet. <laughs> pick. This is the driver that gives Chevrolet the best chance at winning the Daytona 500. Went with a little bit of a homer pick here, but going Chase Elliott uh, in the 2020 Daytona 500 finished 17th, led 23 laps. Uh, led three laps in the 2021 Daytona 500. Uh, was very narrowly beaten by Michael McDowell. You know, they had the big wreck on the final lap at the time of caution. Michael McDowell was about a half a car length ahead of Chase Elliott. Uh, and then in the 2022 Daytona 500, Chase finished 10th. Uh, he runs well at Daytona. He runs well at the Super Speedways. Uh, he won Talladega, the last Super Speedway race that we ran at the end of 22. He actually went to victory lane there. Uh, he's led a lot of laps. At Daytona, I uh, look for him to be strong on Sunday. I think he gives Chevrolet the best chance at winning the Daytona 500. I love it. Uh, listen, let me set up Friday's show, which uh, you'll be back on. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, we're going to talk about the stadium series. We're going to talk about Daytona cool. and all that stuff, uh, which we're obviously talking about here. But we'll do the final uh, thing. We'll have you for we'll have you for a, a good time, not a long time. Friday is that's Mark Panicelli's like regular it. spot. Uh, but we'll have him for about half, like what we did with Richard Clark this past week for uh, people who listen to the show religiously. We'll have uh, Panicelli on from probably uh, 20 after the hour till 40, then have you close out that first hour on Friday. But I I want us to come up with a cool thing. I'm talking you, this is just you and I here, Paul, uh, ta- doing uh, NASCAR every week as uh, every Monday you'll be recapping uh, the race from the day before, previewing the upcoming race too. But I want us to have our own little points championship thing going here, uh, Paul, where maybe let's get it developed. But here are my general ideas, and we can uh, fine-tune it and polish it for Friday's show. But here's what I'm thinking. Something along the lines of we both pick three drivers, okay? And uh, whatever position they finish in, we that we add that up and then you know we determine who wins you know that week but it'll be a season long thing but then we'll have like our wild card uh racer too somebody that you know maybe isn't one of the Vegas favorites to win but somebody that you know we think so I don't know somebody outside say the top 15 in points you know so for Daytona it would be somebody that finished outside the top 15 last year uh, and, and like I said, dude, I'm just pulling, I'm, I'm just throwing this against the wall right now just to see what you think. And, and let's have fun with, it. dude, we might even be able to find a sponsor for it. Okay. <laughs> All you know? right. And um, what do, what I, do you I, think? I like it. I just found 12 more baseballs that aren't even in the, <laughs> in the room. Um, no, I, I like it. I, I'd love to do something like that. Um, I think, I think maybe we pick, uh, we pick like two drivers each and you get points for where they finish. So if they win, you get 40. If they finish dead last, you get, you get, you get one. So we, we award points based on where they finish the same way that a driver is awarded points at the, at the end of the season. And then uh, you get a bonus point. If you pick the winning driver. Dude, uh, that's a hell. I'd say if you pick the winning driver, you get uh, a bonus 10 points. You know, I mean, well, I'm serious because it's easy to, yeah. it's easy for me to say, I could go every week and say Joey Logano or, or see, and that's what I'm saying too. We should put a cap on it that how many races are there? 36. 
Okay, there's 36 races. Let's say you can't pick the same driver but 20 times. I don't know. Well, you know what? Let's come up with this. Let's not do it right here on the air. But yeah. Because I could literally pick Joey Logano every week or Chase Elliott every week or Denny Hamlin every week, and they're probably invariably going to finish in the top you know, 10, 12 every week. I'd say that we've got to put a limit on how many times you can pick Chase Elliott you can only, or any driver, maybe 20 times as a limit in a season or 15. What do you think? I like it. I like it. I tell you, we'll come up with it and we'll have, we should, you know what? Maybe we should invite uh, listeners to do it too. What do you think? Jason Bryan is listening to us right now because he uh, just sent me some information about the St. Jude golf classic. We'll get to that here in a moment, but uh, maybe we can come up with a, you know, a a little sponsor thing where at the end of the season, whoever finishes with the most points, uh, listener wise ends up winning a nice little prize pack from nine sixty the bull. What do you think? I, I like that a lot. I just I don't know that uh, Jason Bryant can afford to lose another pick'em contest <laughs> between me and you. Ooh, ooh that's right. <laughs> hey, wait a minute! Aren't we supposed to be going that golf place up in Raleigh and uh, hitting golf yes. balls and having dinner with me, you, Coach Smith, and him? We are. Let's make it happen. Yeah, Jason. I know you're listening. Let's get that set up, buddy. He's got, you know what though? He's got a lot of stuff going on in his life right now. Oh, so, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get it done. But, uh, anyway, Hey, I do want to talk about, uh, he said registration is now open online for this year's WRNS St. Jude golf classic. Uh, so go to WRNS.com. <laughs> he just sent me, uh, cause you know, we run about 30, 40 seconds behind, uh, you know, from us doing this live to it going on the radio. He said, and we understand we just said it, Jason. He said, it's kind of been a lot going on, bud. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. We know that, uh, Jason. We were just picking on you, buddy. Uh, but uh, we got to get him in. He'll do these picks with us every week, too. Uh, maybe, like, you know what? Panicelli does my Friday show. Hell, Richard Clark loves uh, NASCAR. I don't know if you know that. He's our NBA expert, yeah. but he grew up in Richmond. I mean, he grew up uh suckling at the nascar teat you know so uh <laughs> wait a minute was that a little too uh a little too dramatic a little bit. yeah there you go okay final thoughts for today like i said we're gonna have you back on on fridays we'll get official picks and everything for uh daytona but uh i know there's some rule changes you wanted to uh, chat about that a little bit yeah so we we have a number of rule changes for the 2023 season uh that that'll impact some things visually on the racetrack uh the first is is playoff eligibility. It used to be, Brian, you, you won a race, uh, you were locked into the playoffs as long as you stayed in the top 30 in points. Uh, that is no longer a rule. You don't have to stay in the top 30 in points. You just have to win a race to secure your spot in the playoffs. Uh, I don't like this. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of it uh, because I – it opens it, to me. It opens the path for a driver to to win a race, sit a couple out, and then come back and, and keep running. Uh, although they say that's against the rule now, but every driver that's had to miss a race did granted a, a, a waiver for playoff eligibility. Um, but no longer have to be in the top thirty; just have to win a race and run every race. Uh, we're going to go to road courses, and we are not going to throw a caution at the end of a stage. We're just going to keep on racing. Uh, stage breaks take too long at road courses and it, and it kills a bunch of precious laps. Uh, so we are no longer going to have stage breaks when we go to the road courses. Uh, drivers are required to wear underwear this year. Uh, Wait, what? Enough, that has not, not been a rule in the past, uh, but <laughs> under, underwear is required 
in NASCAR in 2023. Uh, 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 what? <laughs> I, I, I just read the rule book. Uh, <laughs> at, at number four, uh, the, the fourth rule update, we're going to see the choose rule a little bit more often this year. We're going to see it at our four super speedway races, and we're going to see it at Bristol Dirt this year. Uh, and, and it should be a Bristol Dirt because this choose rule comes from uh, short track and dirt track racing, uh, these small tracks throughout the country. Uh, and then number five, the most disappointing one, uh, well, you won't have to worry about seeing Ross Chastain's Hell Melon move anymore because NASCAR has said it's against the rules because it poses a safe, it's a safety risk for driver, officials, and fans in the stands. Uh, so the, the Hell Melon move, is a one and done there. Also, uh, a, a cool, cool little side story about the Hell Mellon move. Uh, Martinsville Speedway, Clay Campbell, the track president over there, has they have not repainted the wall. the The stripe is still there, and it will remain there until after we go to Darlington, or excuse me, uh, until after we go to Martinsville in April. Then they'll paint over it, or they'll remove a section of the wall out, or whatever. I think a section of the wall needs to come out and be sent to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. But if you want to go to the Martinsville Speedway and, and see the wall and get a picture with it, you can. And apparently tons of people have done that, Brian. You know what? One of the cool things about uh, NASCAR, and I think they do such a good job with this, is the f- uh, fan interaction. You and I uh, have had an experience with this. They'll let you go down on the track before races. You can yeah. buy that special package. And, you know, sign. a lot of places will let you sign the start-finish line. And all that, and it's just, that is another cool thing. I bet you before the Martinsville race that you can probably go down there and get your picture taken beside it. I mean, before the race starts. Yeah. And, I, dude, that that actually would be pretty cool. I got to tell you, and I hope I don't come across as Scrooge here or whatever, uh, Paul, but I don't have a problem with that rule. I mean, because I, I wonder if you would have to what happens if you have two drivers who attempt that move dude and then the other one plows into the tail end of the other one and you flip and i know it's safer barrier and they've got the fence the catch fences and all that but dude mm-hmm. i was in charlotte when they had the irl race and you know a tire flew into the crowd and and yeah. uh killed a spectator i was covering that race for the gaston gazette and i remember that uh, and I'm not saying anything, but you don't know, dude, you don't know the physics of a car going up against a safer barrier and then, uh, it bouncing off, uh, you know, something else and something and debris going into the crowd. I honestly, and I hope, like I said, I hope I don't come across a Scrooge here, Paul, but I don't have a problem with that rule. So I, I, ne- I don't necessarily have a problem with the rule. I have a problem with NASCAR kind of over legislating this thing. Uh, let's go back to the Martinsville fall race when, when he did it. I was on the show the Monday yep. after that. And then uh, the Motor Racing Network's Alex Hayden was on the show later that week to, to talk about it as well. And, and we both kind of said the same thing. This, this move was, a, was born solely from the circumstance uh, that, that Ross Chastain was in. And the likelihood of seeing it ever again Maybe someone attempts it at, at Martinsville next year at, at that particular point in time when you need three positions to get into the next round. Uh, but the next round, but that might not even be the case because there might already be two two winners and somebody's on their way to the third and you're not going to run in on points or anything like that. Like there's that move was a was a victim of the circumstance that fit Ross Chastain that exact moment and. 
the likelihood of of it it's not going to happen at, at Martinsville in the spring, the fifth sixth race of the season. Like nobody's going to make that move for for a win, uh, and it's and everything has to go exactly right. You if you match the gaps at the wrong point, you're you're plowing into the wall there in turn three and four, and and you're causing a wreck. Or if one driver just slides up the racetrack and blocks it, you're going to be forced to to slam on the brakes to avoid uh, a massive four, five, six car pile up. I, I just I, I don't think there needed to be a rule. I just think there needed to be a message to the drivers saying, Hey guys, this this probably isn't the best idea. Let's not try this every single week. And and maybe the rule accomplishes that. I don't know, but um I I, I guess I understand the safety aspect of it. And I do too. Is there another track and again you <laughs> intimately know these tracks better. well okay intimately is probably the wrong choice of words but you infinitely know these tracks much better than i was there another track where you could pull off that martinsville kind of move that you know just plowing not plowing but you know riding that wall all around maybe the yeah. uh, last quarter lap half lap would give you the same kind of advantage that martinsville did i i don't think so um i i think at the other racetracks uh maybe outside of bristol uh, thinking about North Wilkesboro this year and, and things of that nature, I think you're just carrying too much speed into the corners. And you go to a track like Daytona or Talladega or whatever, Charlotte even, you're going to fall off the wall because the banking is going to force you down there. Uh, Kyle Larson tried it uh, last year or 2021. Um, I think he was battling Joey Logano at the end and just tried to make something work and, and, it, and it didn't happen. Um, and he just kept bouncing off the wall, back to the wall, off the wall, back to the wall. Like it just, um, it's, I, I, I think that move works in Martinsville when executed at the precise moment in time for it to work. Well, can't wait. Uh, again, Daytona this Sunday. However, like I said, you know well, one one more note on Daytona because okay. uh, this is the last Monday I'm going to get to do this because next Monday we'll be in the 300s. Uh, three, six days until the Daytona 500, Brian. <laughs> six days. It'll be 365 the next time we talk on a Monday. We're going to talk on Friday, but what happens between now and then, uh, we're, we're going to qualify the field on Wednesday night starting at 8 p.m. Okay. Uh, that'll be on FS1 and the Motor Racing Network. That sets the front row for the Daytona 500 and for all these drivers like Jimmy Johnson who don't have a uh, charter that have to race their way in that's uh this is a way to do it so we'll take uh we'll take a driver based on their time uh so their best time in qualifying we're also going to take some drivers the next night uh on Thursday night when we run the the duels the blue blue green vacation duels at Daytona kick off at seven o'clock there's going to be two of them uh so at the end of qualifying all the odd numbers going to race in duel number one all the even numbers racing in duel number two and you're basically racing for spots three on back uh so we'll run the duels on thursday and then when we talk on friday we will uh we will have a full field lineup we'll know if jimmy johnson made made the field for the 65th daytona 500 and we'll also get to uh get to mention that that night friday night is the return of one of the originals the nascar craftsman truck series 
Love it. Love it. Absolutely, positively love it. Uh, Paul Whittington, we've got him here for about another minute or so, which is not enough time to talk about the stadium series, but uh, just uh, I'm excited, man. I am pumped. I've, yeah. I've already got my outfit picked out and everything for Saturday, dude. <laughs> But uh, I love it. Uh, just uh, we'll go much more in depth on it on uh, Friday show. But uh, y- yeah. your thoughts coming up on the Stadium Series game uh, on Saturday? I'm excited about it. It's not, it doesn't look like the weather is going to be going to be hot outside. Uh, I, I, I think it's perfect weather. The the high that day around 48, with the low around 31. I think it's great weather for outdoor hockey, especially in Raleigh this time of year. Because you go back to last weekend, we had uh, temperatures in like the 60s. Uh, I, I think that would have been tough on on the ice, but uh, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a full day of tailgating, going to be a full day of hockey, and, and, I, and I cannot wait. Well, you are the tailgate king. You are the Super Bowl party king. I can't, I can't wait to see what you're going to have, right, man? I'm telling you, those chicken sandwiches you did last night were Chick Fil A would be jealous of those. Popeye's chicken would be <laughs> jealous. I'm, dude. I'm not just saying this, dude. That's the best damn chicken sandwich I've ever put in my mouth, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, th- well, thank you for enjoying them. Nashville hot chicken sliders. That was what was on the menu last night. They were great. Well, there you go. Listen, uh, Paul Whittington, we will talk to you on Friday, a special appearance on Friday. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, dude. Yeah, anytime, Brian. Have a great rest of the week. There you go. That's Paul Whittington uh, coming up here in our second hour. We're going to have Scott Scooter Rogers on from ECU. We're going to uh, recap a little bit more of uh, – what happened last night, what's happening this week on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.